Welcome to Sixth Form, the <laughs> comedy game <laughs> podcast. We're two guys with colds who know nothing about comedy. What? Well, I've screwed it up completely. Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Hello. And we are both a bit sick. Yes, not feeling yes. good. But we're, we're going to persevere. We're going to persevere because we burnt our buffer last week while I was <laughs> cruising up to up the uh, east coast of Australia, and uh, we didn't get to record an episode, so... I'm looking forward to doing this, even though yes. my nose is stuffed and my throat is sore. So, one thing that we didn't get to mention on the, on last week's episode, mm-hmm. it was your birthday last week. This is true. Well, now that the episode's coming out, it was two weeks ago. Happy belated birthday. Thank you, Trevor. And Did you like your surprise? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so Trevor played a part in my birthday gift from my wife by giving her some advice on the right graphics card to purchase so that the computer that he built for me and is lending me <laughs> to be able to play some games is now now meets the minimum requirements for virtual reality. Yay! Oh. <laughs> so, yes, I will be buying an Oculus Rift in the near future and- when we your will, credit card bill isn't so high. <laughs> basically, yes. Once I get some payola- and uh, we'll both be in the VR club. There's actually yes. a special club that Trevor and our other friends who have VR <laughs> have, but they're not letting me into it yet. <laughs> Fuckers. <laughs> what was it? Um, I'm part of the Riftaholics Not So Anonymous Club. Uh-huh, so Yes. We all know who each other are. Yes. So, yes. Anyway, that could, given that the number of VR games we come up with, and it's be- sort of become our trademark that you know, half the games that we make end up being VR games, uh, I will actually be able to partake on my own time and play some multiplayer with Trevor and others and maybe get our VR podcasting studio (laughs) happening. (laughs) That'd be awesome. (laughs) Now there's a reason to actually do it. So anyway, we digress. (laughs) We digress. We're a couple minutes into the episode and we haven't started any click pitch yet. So we best do that now. Do you want to do the... The little the Do intro. I want to do the honours? Yes, I will. So, Click Pitch is a game where we both have a random word generator in front of us on the count of three, two, one. We're going to click refresh, get those words, jam them together, and come up with a game game design. And let's do yeah, it. We'll see what happens. Three, two, one, click. Publisher. World. <laughs> oh, Okay. For so some reason, I'm seeing a, I'm seeing a 2D side scroller called Super Publisher World. Okay, all right. So this is in the style of those old Apogee ones, where they basically like come up with a single idea, and then like all the weapons and stuff. It's like, all right, publisher, let's let's do publishing. So how like what weapons can we have? What are the power ups? You got a good critical review. Well, I'm thinking you've got your soft and your hard attack, so that's your that's your paperback and your hardback. Yep. Um, so you know that that's a perfect perfect analogy for you know whether you can do your weak attack or your that works well. That attack. works well. Uh, now, now that you said apogee, I'm thinking like what are, what are the enemies? Because I I think of Commander Keen had like aliens and you mm. know, Monster Bash had 
sponsors. Critics, authors, <laughs> publishers might think the authors are the enemy. Bad authors. Hmm. What's the double? What? How, what's your double jump? How do you? Why do you? How do you? How does a publisher double jump? Is it like a? Um, they get the big promotion. <laughs> they like jump up the corporate ladder. No, I think what they do is as they jump, they put down a hard a hard cover and they jump off it. You know, <laughs> sort of like. Right. Okay. And and they're like a little cartoon physics sort of thing where they put it underneath them, use it as a stepping stone to get to the next one, and then it just falls down. Yeah. So it can actually double as an attack, because if you double jump over the top of someone's of an enemy's head, the the hard cover also falls down and hits him. Falls in the head. down and cracks him in the skull. Yeah. 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 I like that. So I, I'm really liking the cartoony physics. So. Mm. I'm just trying to think. I'm pretty how sure else I they cartoony. I'm pretty sure a cartoony platform game about book publishers has never been done. So we're in uncharted ter- territory. That's where we're we like to really be. Really in uncharted territory. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking that like the bosses have to be something to do with other other things that publishers hate, like um, spelling mistakes and maybe nonfiction authors. Um, oh well, maybe it might make more sense actually if you play an author, and so we can still have all the book-based stuff. But then one of because the, then the bosses can be around, pub like publishers and editors and people who get in the way of your book getting out there. Because uh, I'm just thinking like an editor with their big red pen, um, <laughs> the their attacks are all like correcting your grammar. <laughs> oh, and then you, then you got the the evil editor that's trying to like ruin your your book because it's their final day at the publishing firm, so they just don't give a shit anymore. Oh, because yeah, no, or well, because they've got like an alternate um, author who who has a similar book that they want to succeed, and so they're yeah trying to bring you down. Totally, I'm really liking this. <laughs> There's some good stuff there. I, I'm, I'm I'm seeing. Like the graphic art style being sort of maybe cell shaded, mm. kind um, of almost comic booky because I, I like the idea of like maybe he wants to do do it as a graphic novel, so it's in a graphic novel. Okay, sort of. okay, yeah. Well, there's 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 still works. hard covers in that. Yeah, I was going to say, um, yeah. Well, that's good because that and then that gives you some extra sorts of things to bring in some comic booky stuff around, like the. Well, it can now be co-op. You got the artist and the oh, right. you got the artist and the tra- and the tracer. Yep. Is no, that where oh, you were going? No, the no, the artist and the writer. <laughs> Sorry, there's a ch- there's a chasing Amy reference I'm throwing in there. Um, <laughs> maybe the tracer is one of the um, it's like one, one of, the, of the one of the sidekicks that it just shows up for a special attack or something. So, I'm now na- I'm now seeing like Comic Con is going to be a level. So, trying to get through the crowds. Yeah, well, I think then what you can do is, like, as you go through the levels, it's sort of as you're gaining in popularity from your books. So, mm. at the start, you're kind of just at your local comic book store or something trying to sell your hastily stapled together photocopied versions of your comic, of your graphic novel. Uh, and then it's like you've got a level going through the publisher's office to get to the publisher at the end. And like the final move is you just slamming your graphic novel in their face and saying, publish this. And then they do. And so (laughs) then you're like, then you're on your book tour and then, yeah, then you're at Comic-Con and going bigger and bigger. 
Oh, then you're at the movie studio that's producing your-, your Yes, exactly. I was about to say, that. yeah, then, then you're on set as they, <laughs> as they make the movie version of your characters. But then it turns into Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and you're actually trying to stop it from being made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they're, fuck- they're fucking destroying it. Totally. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I like I like where that ended up. That that's cool. And yeah, because yeah. of the because of the comic book style thing, you could bring in, yeah, like the onomatopoeia as you hit things with the like flack <laughs> um as you throw your books at them and the, the yeah, the cartoony physics and stuff. That's cool. Yeah. I like it. Three to one click. Yeah. Front. A sign. Maybe Maybe this is this is like a some sort of action game where you're in zero gravity, mm-hmm. and so at any point you have to assign which way is front, the front, forward, so you can sort of reconfigure your ship or something to I don't know. I'm getting I'm getting a I don't, I don't want to reference this because the author is a horrible homophobe, but I'm getting like an Ender's Game vi- vibe of like. The gate is down. I don't know if you've read that or not, but there's the whole thing about like they ha- they're fighting in this arena in zero gravity, and the main character kind of realigns people's uh, perceptions of it by telling them that instead of it being instead of thinking of the gate as like on the other side horizontally, it's like think of it as it being down below you, and it sort of changes yes. the way they. Yeah, that's where, that's where I was going. <laughs> that, but. Uh, I don't know, actually, I'm currently it. looking at my shelf where I see, um, well, I can only see Xenocide, the third book in that series. Okay, so but you have- I know I've got all the books there, including, like, Shadow of the Hegemon and, yeah. <laughs> well, then that explanation was for our listeners. For our wonderful <laughs> listeners. Um, okay, so I'm seeing a world where- like, In a world. For some, for some reason, gravity has failed on this planet. Where gravity has failed. Yeah. So at at all times, like they've pretty much just built almost like a massive space station on on this planet. Okay. So that people didn't flo- f- float away or anything like that. But wherever you are, like I'm I'm just seeing classrooms with like every single wall and floor and all that sort of stuff has like desks on it, so that. The, the, because there's mm. no gravity, the kids are, are literally sitting wherever they want and the teacher has to sort of float around and there's no such thing yeah. as up or down or anything like that because, I mean, the only reason why we've got up and down is because we're always upright. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Let's let's go with that. Yeah, I like this idea that through some quirk in physics, there is this planet that has lost all its mass <laughs> but is still intact and so- there's no or very minimal gravity. Uh, so, yeah, how would they build, like, what's this space station? Is, are you sort of thinking it's still on the surface or are there different, it's, it's different the layers, surface, different levels? And, and what I think they find out is sort of the reason why there is no gravity is the actual, like, crust of the planet is is so far detached from the centre of the actual planet that it's sort of just floating in in space so that it's it's actually got not too much um so it's a, it's not too much pull because basically something's happened to the to the core of the planet to to right. not have that gravitational pull anymore 
Um, it's just a vacuum inside the planet. Now. So, so I, I like the idea that maybe you you're playing a scientist that has to, you know, you've been assigned to to investigate the core. So it's sort of like a journey to the to the center of this right. Planet. So I mean, for them to have built this stuff, it's it's going to have to have been like this for a long time. Yeah. But now they need to like something. But now maybe- they've got the technology that that they can actually. You know. So it's basically like the movie The Core, where so- there's like global catastrophe happening for some reason. After you know, after after centuries or I don't know millennia of then of this planet not having gravity, and they've all adapted to it. It's the world's finally breaking apart, and like parts of the crust are breaking, and there's just nothing underneath. And so it's like mm. the op- it's like the opposite of the core. They have- he has to go in there and find out why there is no core. <laughs> Yep. Find out how to stabilize this planet. Yeah. So, I, I kind of like the idea that these habitats are all kind of f- f- floating, right? There's no yep. reason for them to be on the ground. I wonder if- Do you think they'd make them spherical or do you think they'd stick with having sort of cubular shapes? <laughs> That's not a word. Um, but- I, I think I think each of the habitats that are, that are sort of attached are, are spherical. Okay. Um. Because I'm kind of I'm kind of picturing them still chained, like still attached to the crust in some way, right? Because they don't just want to be, they can't just be going off and running into each other and, and different things. Like they've all got little retro thrusters to sort of keep them in place, but at the same time, they each sort of are, ch- are chained to the crust and the cent- the the, mi- the the minuscule centrifugal force of the planet is enough to kind of keep that outstretched. So it's it's basically like all these little ball and chains, like attached to the core of this planet as it rotates and sort of spinning yeah. out- outwards. Do you know what I mean? Um, all at different different level, like different altitudes and stuff. Yeah. So the sort of gameplay I'm seeing is um, obviously first person, um, not okay. VR because that's just going to be sickening. Oh god! Um, but. Uh, I'm liking the idea that yes, you've got the um, you've got like the little thruster sort of things that you can mm. sort of choose whether you're going sort of forwards, backwards, and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, then when then when you're actually being sent to do any sort of um, like traveling between between places, you get into a sort of a descent style ship. So if you remember the old yeah. old game Descent, where basically you can go. Almost any any direction, yeah, that and makes it's sense. zero zero g sort of sort of flying. I like the idea. Yeah, so that- you've got inertia, but uh, yeah. in whatever direction you fly in, and so you have to you have to deal with that. But uh, yeah, otherwise there's no there's no gravity. There's nothing pulling you in a particular direction except your inertia and your thrusters. Yeah, so I like the idea that there's like a cave system that is sort of opened up during a recent. Okay. Whether it's an earthquake or something like that, so you actually fly the fly the ship into it, and you All know right. at the start, but it's is it, sort of. Are we thinking it's like an exploration game, like a narrative thing? Narrative exploration sort of game. Maybe you've you've got to sort of build build go a certain distance in into this cave system to actually work out where you where you can put like a an outpost, and then maybe you build, it's that you build an outpost, and then you can get back and. You know, right, you can now start start out from here to go a little bit further. Okay, this is like open world kind of thing, and you're having to 
then you can fast travel between your outposts. And <laughs> if you need to get back into town yeah. to get more information and get back to your outpost. Yeah. I think if you if you got to manage fuel and those sort of things, you know, that's Okay. That's interesting. I I started playing Subnautica um a couple that's days a cool ago. Game. That is a really cool game. And so it's sort of giving me those sort of vibes a little bit. Not necessarily the full tech tree stuff, but that exploration thing of having to set your outposts and I mean mm. that could be that could be interesting, exploring this cave system in a zero gravity environment and so what I was thinking is because I was thinking about okay, would we have combat and like, well, what would you fight against? But I had the idea that maybe there's this race of creatures that you have never discovered, but they've actually, for billions of years, have been eating, consuming the inside of this planet from yeah. the inside out. And the reason that things have started happening is they've run out of food. Like, they've finally made their way from the center of this planet out to the outer crust, and they're starting to break through. And so, that's why there's no mass left in yeah. in this in this planet. But, like, so, yeah, you- Literally, what they eat is, like, iron ore, because, you know, the, the core was just molten iron. Well, yeah, and, and I think they've maybe adapted. I think now. they've adapted to just feed on any element that is is that happens to be in their way. They just eat anything slowly. So I don't know if it would actually be combat. This could just be more about what you find out, because it should oh, like really it should happen fairly slowly. They could be these like huge slow moving creatures worms. or something. Yeah, like worms. Yeah, okay. Yeah, giant worms. And so and when, the cave when we system- say giant, we're talking about when when this worm actually comes out. It is literally like a kilometer across, sort of width. Yeah, yeah, like skyscraper size or bigger, bigger. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking colossal. So right. So you know that you cannot actually fight these things. You've got to. You've got no, to- no. It's 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 a no more of a narrative based thing. Yeah, and. You know, maybe maybe the idea is to try and then work out, okay, this colossal thing that has just broken through the surface, how are we going to actually get it out of this planet? Because obviously this planet can no longer support yeah. it. Yeah, you have to send it, send it to a new planet. Maybe you have to ride it to a new planet because the, maybe, <laughs> maybe the planet can't support anyone anymore. It's like, all right, we're going to hollow out this worm and turn it into a spaceship. <laughs> Took us a while, but we got there. <laughs> yeah, totally. Cool. It's a fun, wo- fun world building. Ordaining. Bottom. <laughs> All right. So, so it's a telltale game set in the world of mm. bottom. <laughs> uh, okay, that's a license they haven't snatched up yet. Sure. Um, now, it, now, you're going to have to explain Bottom to those who haven't watched it. And I haven't watched much of it, actually. Okay. And it's been so, a long time. Think of the TV show The Young Ones. Mm-hmm. Now, you had um, Adrian Edmondson playing Vivian, who was the punk punk rock sort of guy. And you had um, Rick Mail playing... Uh, oh, Rick. <laughs> he was Rick in that one. Um, right. so basically 
it's those two characters. Oh, did Rick Mail die? I didn't yeah, know Rick Mail died. He passed away a couple of, couple of years ago, yes. Yeah, um, that sucks. He passed away of a heart attack. He was out walking, and um, I think he came home, and then he then he passed away. Um, so, That's really sad. Yeah, now, they'll never, find- now, they'll ne- now they'll never be a sequel to... Fuck. Guest House Parody, so... No, I don't care about that. Uh, Believe Nothing? I- no, how can I not remember what this is? The kids' movie. Drop Dead Fred. Uh. Now there'll never be a Drop Dead Fred sequel. That makes me really sad. Yeah. That movie's probably awesome. that movie's it's, it's probably actually, terrible. I haven't seen it in many years. It's why I remembered like why I thought of Bottom, because I've been thinking about Rick Mayo recently. Right. So, so yeah, basically Adrian Emerson plays a character called Edward Elizabeth Hitler. Okay. And Rick Mayo plays a character called Richard Richard. Right. <laughs> they are two down and out losers who basically beat the hell out of each other. So you got a lot of slapstick sort of stuff that you that you can have. But I'm thinking that one of their um one of their best mates, Spud Gun, is getting married. Alright. And so I assume that's the actual name and not something you just came up with. No, that is actually that'd the name be like, of a character. That'd be like coming up with a character called Dave Hedgehog. <laughs> Which is another character thing. Yes, I am, I am looking at the Wikipedia page for this show. I, so, um, so I, I'm seeing it that the um, story across all five episodes mm-hmm. is that Spud Gun's getting married. Yep. But then you've just got you know sort of like the battle between which one's actually going to um, which one's going to get ordained and you know right okay oh so they like they end up like competing. To yeah. be to be the but, the but basically just beating the shit out of each other because that's all that happened in the TV show and the many live episodes that they did. So quick time events uh, around around slapstick humor mostly, mm-hmm. and then a story about them wanting to get ordained to help Spud Gun get married. Yeah. Meanwhile, well, that- you know, have, having some of the, some of the um the funny things that that usually happen in those. Those sort of yeah. shows. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll have to get the writers on board. They can write some good stuff. Mm-hmm. We're done. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I'm just trying to think of how to how to put some put some extra things in. Like, I'm thinking one of the competitions can be how much custard can you fit in your underpants competition? Uh, because that's what every <laughs> good minister needs to be able to do: is pour custard in their underpants. Slosh it around a bit. It's part of the ceremony, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think that sure. was going anywhere. Let's let's click again. <laughs> <laughs> I think it went where it needed to go, and now we're done. Yeah, three to one click. Speaking of great movies from the nineties, Duplicity was that the nineties? Turn. It was not. The, oh, that's that's not the movie I thought it was. Multiplicity, damn it! Yeah, I don't want a 2009 crime thriller with Julia Roberts. <laughs> I wanted a comedy with Michael Keaton cloning himself. Was it from the nineties? <laughs> it was from the nineties. Good. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> All right. For some reason, in my head, I I combined <laughs> that with Mr. Mum and had Billy Crystal in it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
I forgot that it was um, Michael Keaton. Oh yeah, yeah. So I so I re I recast it with Billy Crystal, and they're like, "No, that was Mister Mum." <laughs> <laughs> That's Mister Mum. All right. So this definitely has to be about nineties movies. What did you get? Turn. Turn duplicity. Can we make a movie out of that and and cast some classic nineties comedy stars? Didn't we do that a couple of weeks ago with? Like 90 sitcoms. <laughs> that was sitcoms. Now we're going in so that we can get um, fucking... Wait, when did uh, John Candy die? It was it was like 26 years ago yesterday or something. So, yeah, he's still alive in the 90s. He counts. Uncle Buck. <laughs> Planes, Trains and Automobiles is one of the best films ever. Yeah, I know. It's so awesome. Three to one click. Yeah. Headrest. Assumption. <laughs> I'm picturing. So, just just to go with what popped into my head is laying your head on different things and making an assumption that it's a headrest. So, like, there's a, it's a cat or it's a <laughs> person's hand. I don't know. Like, there's no game there. There's nothing. That's just my improv instinct <laughs> is to throw out what popped in my head. <laughs> lying lying on a cat and thinking it's a headrest. And <laughs> go. Okay. Okay. It's a game about narcolepsy. Mm-hmm. Very so, like important issue. So you're, Lots of you're people suffer a, from it every day. Yep. You're you're playing a character who suffers from narcolepsy. Yep. Now, unlike the a game that we've done previously where you just gotta have coffee the whole time. We know that this doesn't yeah. actually work because it's not no. really tiredness as, as such. But yeah. I kind of like the idea that it's a um, it's someone in a, in a job that is actually quite important that they don't fall asleep. But okay, having to deal with that, having to deal with with narcolepsy, and at any time while you're doing these jobs, you could you could pass out. So okay, so they're an air traffic controller. <laughs> Any at any time you could you could pass out. Yeah, I was actually thinking along the same lines as as air traffic controller. They're actually just uh, one of those policemen who have to have to like control the traffic. You know, in the middle middle of a road. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a VR game that it just goes black every now and again. It just goes black. (laughs) So it's actually just a faulty VR. Game, a game, a VR game with a faulty headset. Um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble coming up with something that doesn't just make fun of people with narcolepsy. Obviously, there's an interesting. Well, maybe it's not. Uh, I don't know. There's, a, there's, a, <laughs> there are interesting gameplay mechanics to the idea of just losing complete control and falling asleep at, at random intervals. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I am sensitive to the fact that people actually suffer from this. Um, but having, s- having said that. <laughs> What if they were a hitman? (laughs) (laughs) What if they're a sniper? (laughs) Yeah, they're a sniper. They've got an important hit to make. (laughs) Oh, no, he's fallen asleep. And they wake up and... Ah, shit. Nah, okay. Let's click again. Three, two, one, click. (laughs) Geography. Aced. (laughs) (sighs) Aced. 
All right. Something about cards and countries. Maybe you're a world-traveling gambler. Tennis player. Oh, okay. We could go there, too. Who likes to gamble? Has a gambling addiction. Yeah. I, I'm, and so I'm sort of liking needs, the idea that- Needs to win this tennis tournament to pay off the uh, loan shark. But I, I'm seeing it as a game that you don't actually play the tennis player as they're playing the tennis game. You just play all the off hours. So, based on how well you do in, in the off hours depends on how, you, how your on-court performance is. Well, did you ever play Punch Club? No. Pretty sure that's what it's called. It's sort of a retro pixel-ish game where you play like a boxer and he has to train in underground fights and stuff, but you don't actually control him in the fights. You've got a certain amount of time you can spend each day to do different things like work to make money and Mm -hmm. train for different types of skills and- then there are sort of story things that happen and little and things that pop up. So I'm thinking maybe it's sort of something like that, where, yeah, you don't play the actual tennis games, but the choices you make in the off hours around your training and you can gamble to try to make, like, try, you know, you've got a certain amount of money you need to make back. And, you know, the you, there's an option to, to try to gamble to make that money back, but you could end up further in the hole and there are characters around you that try to that you can get help from or not or who will try to stop there you. There could be loan sharks. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm sort of liking like the, the idea that you know they threaten to break your break your leg or something like that which makes it yeah, exactly. almost impossible like, for you to actually yeah, continue on. Yeah. Um so yeah, that could be that could be an interesting way to go about that. Um I'm trying I'm now trying to think of just how to make it distinct from the <laughs> punch club but just with tennis. Uh, <laughs> uh, whether there's anything different we could do about that. Uh, I mean, that was a very much retro pixel um, sort of style thing where you just had different locations uh, with very, ni- okay. very, very nice pixel art. But maybe ours is a bit more of a 3D thing or even like an open world sort of thing where you've got a bit of a day-night cycle going on so you do have a limited amount of time, but you've, yep. got, to, you've got to get around this town or city where the where the... The well, maybe it's different towns and cities, you know, since geography was was part of our thing. But and you just, I don't know, do you, do you owe loan sharks in all these cities because you've got such a bad addiction? Who knows? It, it's. I, I think, I think you you play the character from from maybe the start of their career. Okay, and you know, maybe maybe you can take it down that path of. Well, I think I like the, I kind of like the idea a bit better of it being a player who has previously been near the top of their game and won awards, but was never quite like the best ever. And this is their comeback, and so they're still okay. basic. Like, and they haven't they haven't played tennis for a while, but it's the only thing they know how to do. So when they get in the hole with this loan shark, it's like, oh shit, I need to win the grand prize at you know Wimbledon or whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't actually know tennis. I know that's one of them. And so, yeah, it's about training yourself back up to that point. But I like the idea that you can like design your character, and it'll maybe proceed based on the stats that you you know you've got a pool of stats that you can start with. So maybe you can, you know, 
you never you never lost the knack of your power serve or something because so, you so you put all your you decide to put all your stats into that and based on that it procedurally generates the history of your character mm-hmm. and like news articles of how you won that match with your power serve <laughs> like your super powerful yep. serve or something or whatever yeah like it figures out based on the stats you choose at the start uh, and obviously they all, they all still start off fairly low because you have been out of the game for a long time and yeah. And then you can have kind of the classic thing of going back to your old trainer and you have to convince them to train you again or other people in your life who think this is a really bad idea. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So is it, is it that you're coming back after an injury or is it? Uh, maybe. Or, or maybe it's just that, like, you never quite got to that top tier level and then you sort of just fell off the radar, like, and because you did start gambling and you... And so you kind of just gave up. Mm-hmm. And of course, over the course of the whole game, you discover your love for tennis again and that yeah. you should never have given up in the first place. And by the end, you're not just doing it for the money. You're doing it to win and be a champion. I am the tiger. <laughs> it's the... Yeah. So are we are we going to get, you know, the license to play that song if if you... If you win, or are we going to get the license to play like the Weird Al Yankovic version? <laughs> oh, well, it needs to win. It's yeah. the Rye or the Kaiser. <laughs> no, we need him to do a new one, but it's about tennis. Um, what's, <laughs> what, what song could he, could he cover an, or parody that fit, that tennis fits in? And it also it's inspiring like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, I got no idea. No, I don't know any. <laughs> but yes, it'll definitely be a weird Al parody of a, of a song because he's our spirit animal on this show. It's just like the third time he's come up. Yeah. Yeah, I like that tennis game. That's fun. That'd be cool. So do I. Shaft. Glue. Shaft glue. <laughs> 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 no. So you glue glued up, something to your penis. No, as soon as as soon as glue came up, <laughs> I started thinking about okay, so glue factory. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so you have to build the shaft that they throw the horses down. <laughs> Just their hooves. <laughs> Well, but that's part of what the shaft does. It's got, like, the horses go in the top and you have to make it so only the hooves come out the bottom and all the rest of the bits are piped off to their <laughs> various- to the dog food factory. Various chambers. <laughs> well, yeah, but you have to make sure the tail's not part of the dog food and the bones, hmm. so- Okay, so let's go away from glue factory. Really? You don't want to make a game where you have to- <laughs> Put together Manage a shaft, yeah. a shaft that like you, you've got the bit that yanks the tail off, and then the bit that like skins it, and then the bit that chops the hooves off down, and makes sure they go down the right pipe to end up. No, it's an incredible machine style. Yeah, game. that's what I'm thinking. Grind the bones to make bone meal or something. I don't know. What they make out of bones? Viagra. <laughs> All right, glue and yeah, shaft. We're back to glue and penis again. <laughs> so you you work in a doctor's office. 
<laughs> and your first patient comes in saying, we accidentally grabbed the glue instead of the lubricant and... <laughs> the lubricants, yes. <laughs> we just saw the letters LU and assumed it was what we wanted. We were in a quite a hurry. I had to get back to my job as an aircraft controller. <laughs> Because the plane was about to crash. <laughs> just fall asleep. Well, some people just do after sex. That's the, sh- the <laughs> thing, right? Men. Men. <laughs> Never want to cuddle. <laughs> All right, I think we'll just click again on this one. Yeah, three to one click. <laughs> Audience. Sale. S-A-I-L. Okay. Are you putting on a theatre production where you're on one boat and the audience is on the other boat? <laughs> no. you're, in a, you're in a world in where the only way that you can generate wind is through audience cheering. Okay. Um. It's a VR sailing game. Mm. And you're... You're racing in the America's Cup, so you've got, uh, like, a worldwide audience. I was thinking that somehow you make it a multiplayer VR game so where the audience is watching you in VR and having some sort of input. Maybe they have controllers, like, you're in VR and you're sailing, and it's like a realistic sailing sim. To a certain degree, you have to, like, bind the jib to the boom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whatever. Oh, because know, because because and there's not much not much room on some of these small sailing boats. Hmm. You've literally got like a perfect idea for room scale there. You know, you're not yeah, having to move yeah. too far. Exactly. And if you set up a fan just perfectly, it really feels like you're actually. Um, oh, especially totally. if it's a misting fan, yeah. you get a little bit of water spray. Yeah. Put a little bit of salt in that water. Amazing. Oh, you, yeah, and you could definitely hook this up to some sort of contraption where it makes it come from the right direction based on the waves. <laughs> no, what I was going to say is that <laughs> this person's trying to sail from one place to the other and the other people on the controllers can just, like, drop shit into the ocean <laughs> around them or on them, I guess, if they want to be real assholes. So, so it's, in other words, a Twitch streamer's um, nightmare? Slash dream, yeah. Slash dream, depending on how many how many viewers you get. If you don't get any viewers at all, it's definitely a nightmare. If you get too many <laughs> viewers, it's definitely a nightmare. Yeah, you've got to hit that sweet spot where you don't have millions of bowling balls and cows falling from the sky as you Instead, try to you've got 20. As you try to sail <laughs> from Melbourne to Tasmania. I don't know. Oh, God. Across the Bass Strait. Very choppy. That's um, that seasickness in- inducing. Definitely. Well, and that's the goal. The goal is actually to have the person in VR vomit in real life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I don't know enough about sailing to comment anymore. But I think yeah. there's there's, yeah. there's the bulk of the game I just, there. I just thought it'd be fun as like a mul- basically a multiplayer sort of competitive thing where, where one person's in VR, the other people just... They see the screen. Like, they see like a top-down view where the boat is, and, yep. you know, maybe they get a little window of what the other the person in VR can see, but so they can drop things to, yeah, to make waves and to 
whatever else. Drop a fucking cool. pirate ship in there if you get enough points. <laughs> Three to one click. Yeah. Specialist. Decade. I have a very special set of skills. But they were only applicable in the 1970s. <laughs> so you're safe. <laughs> it's all disco related. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My name is John Travolta. And I can <laughs> Saturday Night Fever my way to get my daughter back. <laughs> it's Taken, but in the 1970s. Yeah, it's a disco version of Taken. <laughs> Except it's, you know, based nowadays, so he's got, like, no, like, gets, I've got a special set of skills, and he comes out and he's wearing, like, Bell well, pretty much, like, a, a leisure suit. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> He's got the little disco moves, the little point in the hip thing. I don't know what it's called. It's probably got a name. So, I'm starting to see it as sort of like a third-person action adventure. Sure. In which you play, like, the disco hitman. Okay. And so... The very first mission of the game, you're doing a prologue, and it's in the 1970s. Why did I choose the so, 70s? Why did I choose the 70s when I wasn't even fucking alive in the 70s? Now I've got to look up disco. So, uh, well, I'm just all I'm thinking about is like Saturday Night Fever, or I haven't seen it. Even <sighs> all so, I know from all I know about disco, I learned from Mystery Men. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, I'm seeing a very 70s soundtrack okay. at the start. And so, he's basically being tasked with um, taking out a nightclub owner. All so, right. the idea that he sort of gets in there in this Because they're and, not playing enough disco. Oh, he, he gets in there. He's sort of like dancing across the thing. You know, you got to um, remember in the first Assassin's Creed how you could like blend into the like the, the priests or the... Whatever yep. that were walking around. Yeah. Well, basically, people doing disco moves, you can blend in and you're doing like, you hold down the A button and he starts doing like dance moves and all this sort of stuff. And, but wait, is that um, going to blend in? Really? It is in the 1970s. Oh, sorry. This, this is, oh, this is still the prologue. I missed this bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. And yep. so, so you, ta- you take out the, um, the boss guy. Yep. And as you're running away and you get into your car mm-hmm. and then, just does one of those morphing effects that it yep. says present day. Present and he's day. like a, a, a bit fatter, but he's still wearing the same, like, okay. um, you he's know, got the same outfit. He's got the same car, but now it's just like puffing smoke out the exhaust. Yeah. It's like beaten up, run down. Basically, it's 40 years that old. Was his la- that was his last mission or one of his last missions. Before Disco died. Before Disco died. And something happens. Either your um, your partner from back then gets captured, and you've got to go back in into the world of of Hitman and um, get, so you, get your friend out of there. But, like, but you're kind of big, like what I am. <laughs> so it's kind of like John Wick meets Disco Stew. Yeah, John. It's John Wick if it was Disco Stew. <laughs> All right, I like it. You're going to the underground Hitman Club, and you just. 
like, where's the disco? <laughs> this place used to be jumping. <laughs> he puts his feet up on the on the table, and he's got like you know the goldfish in the um in the platform oh, shoes. Oh god, uh, this <laughs> is goldfish skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so how does this guy succeed? Like, is he this attached to Disco that, I mean, obviously he is, so how does he go about killing people now? Well, well, and, and, and how did this succeed? Is Did he just do it to blend it? Was, was he only successful because he blended in so well in the 70s? Well, I think I think what happens now is you find out, like, where he's just come from or where he, where he's going to now is actually, like, a corporate event where he he's like a singing telegram sort of guy, dressed up in a oh in like, like a, that's a disco's outfit. That's and his that's new the job. Only job. That's that his he can new get. job. Is he's like a throwback, like basically parody band from the of the seventies. Yeah. Except he doesn't realize that everyone thinks he's a parody because he's just yeah. totally serious. All right, I like the idea that he gets a new partner and she's a millennial, like. She's just like twenty six, and doesn't understand him at all. <laughs> she's she, really she, she's, a like, she's just nineteen. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> twenty. Let's split the difference. Twenty three, and she's just like, "Who the fuck are the Bee Gees?" And he like slams the brakes on. <laughs> Get out. Now, is it a partner or or is it? Is this the person who, who like tells him where the next mission is? Sort of, sort of like the um, no, in I the think Batman games like the Oracle, sort of um, voice in your ear, sort of, sort of. No, person. I think she's there in the foreground. I think, I think that this particular hit, like Assassins Association, partners up all their assassins because they believe that they don't believe in the lone wolf assassin. Yeah, it's like um, you work. Maybe you work that comes with in a little else. bit later after after like his previous partner gets um gets captured and they, well, they exactly. say we need to bring you back in. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. It's, it's actually got ties to-, to your previous. Oh, he he's just been doing the um doing like the the singing telegram thing for the last you know twenty odd years. Yeah, and but the the, the you know, partner got a shithole apartment and all this sort of stuff. But the partner has still been assassinating, and. The partner, funnily enough, got stuck in the 80s. That's when they really found their groove. <laughs> yeah. But for whatever reason, well, because the 80s are back now, right? Like, retro. So, they've they've had a resurgence in their in their ability to blend in. <laughs> you, you, see, you see flashbacks every now and again, and, and you know, um, our guy's still wearing 70s stuff, and his partner's got, like, a flock of seagulls haircut. <laughs> yeah, totally. One white glove. <laughs> Leggings and a ponytail. <laughs> oh, and like uh, leg warmers, you know the the like fluoro fluoro green and pink. Yeah, that's what I was um, thinking. Leg sorry. warmers. That's what I was thinking. Not leggings. Leg warmers. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, but but the partner is also a dude. Yeah. So it's just it just doesn't look good at all. No, <laughs> looks terrible. But some somehow he manages to get by. He just, yeah, <laughs> he does. Stays inconspicuous somehow enough to get close to the, his target and kill him. So I'm I'm just seeing that there's there's like this 
this flashback and you hear in the background the Olivia Newton-John song, Physical. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just thinking how, how you know, our, our um, protagonist absolutely hates this sort of music because it was, you know, so far away from disco. <laughs> but the 80s guy is like, no, this is, this is, this is the real shit. <laughs> Oh, totally. And then there's a huge shootout to the tune of Physical. Let's get physical, physical. physical. Boom, I want to get physical. Let me hear your body bleed. (laughs) You could could have some amazingly great um, choreographed fights to... To different eighties and seventies songs. Totally, totally. Throw some Michael I, Jackson in there. I like the idea of you know it going, it flashing back to to previous missions with your old partner and that sort of stuff. So you, so you it's see the total collapse of your heart. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get Weird Al on again, obviously. <laughs> Sorry. Once upon a time, I was falling in love. Now I'm going to blow you away. (laughs) Now I'm going to blow you apart. (laughs) Nothing you can do. It's a total collapse of your heart. (laughs) You just crush him with like a, with like a forklift or something. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm seeing this as a, um, a gritty, like, GDA style styled sort of game where yeah you you've got to sort of do some somewhat investigationy sort of things because the the group doesn't know where these um your friend is being taken yep but i'm seeing it as um because retro is sort of coming back that you can you can go into like the um the hippest clubs and and start yeah. investigating. And well, you'll maybe fit the, right in because maybe there's wearing- a scene near the beginning where you walk into like an upmarket clothes store, and one of the workers there just like fawns over you and 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 realizes that the seventies are back. And from that point on, you see start seeing more and more people in like seventies retro stuff. Nice. <laughs> you you actually um, start the trend. Okay. Do we have? character customization or are you always just going to be this fat sort of balding guy i mean i think you can change the clothes up to a certain degree and the hair but it's still got to be all 70s (laughs) (laughs) but but it's it's always going to be somewhat combed over (laughs) yeah he's got a comb over bald spot (laughs) he can put wigs on (laughs) Yeah, you can get wigs, sure. Now I really want a cameo from from like Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, totally. Because I'm seeing this almost almost like it's a Naked Gun esque. Yeah. Well, and then the sequel is going to be about the '90s and the 2000s. <laughs> like we'll just go through the decades. And the thing is, Weird Al's been there the whole time, so he can. Ca- and he, he looks younger now cam- than what he did back he can then. Ca- he can cameo in each in each decade in each era, and and as 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 what he looked like then. Yep. He only turns up in the eighties though, because that's when he started. Well, he's a kid. He's a it's a teenager or something. 
It's before he, yeah. it's before he started. Maybe you inspire Weird Al in the very first flashback. <laughs> <laughs> what was his first song? Um, it was either My Bologna or Another One Rides the Bus. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. I, I'm picturing that. Like he's um he's walking down the street eating a bologna sandwich and he goes, Hold on to this kid. <laughs> Don't touch my bologna <laughs> And it's like hmm. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, cause there you go. Maybe it starts in nineteen eighty, which is when another one bites the dust came out. Yeah. And Weird Al was how old? He's Seventeen or something like that. Well he was he was no, he would have been 21. 21. So, yeah, Fuck. this, like... <laughs> he, does, he doesn't look... He's 58. How old is he now? He's 58. Fuck, he doesn't look 58. No, he doesn't. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's a scene where Another One Bites the Dust is playing. It's set in 1980, This because it's the end of disco. And, and yeah, he's like... Oh my baloney sandwich. Don't you mean... Don't you mean... Don't you mean... What is it? Bologna? Wait, yeah, wait but a everyone second. Everyone calls it baloney. Yeah. <laughs> baloney. Oh, wait, I'm going off the wrong side. No, well, maybe he gets on a bus. It's like, get out of the way. Another one's got to ride this bus. It's like, ooh. <laughs> you just do every single every single one over, over like... In each decade. Hitting, hitting like, oh... Something about poker. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> hold my accordion, kid. I got to get on this bus. <laughs> um, and and just just have have like Al on on. Hello, my name is Al. You know, sort of. He's yeah. Out he's got the gla- like he's that. got the glasses and the like the start of his afro. Oh God, I love with Al. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I actually really like this this game idea. I think it's got a bit of um. Little legs, something could actually be done there. Yeah, you could do some fun stuff. I like the idea of a more of a surreal comedy GTA style thing, naked naked gun esque sort of thing. Because, like, the comedy in Grand Theft Auto is just shit these days. Like, they try to be satirical and just end up being crappy. Yeah, like it it just needs to be uh, offensive, totally over the top. Yeah, totally over the top. Just super surreal jokes in the cutscenes and stuff. Like, I don't know whether you've ever seen the TV series Police Squad, which is... Um, I haven't seen it, but I like know the, that the, the naked gun is... Yeah. So, <laughs> other than the fact that, you know, they they um they open every single episode saying, Police Squad, now in colour. And it's like, it was only ever released in colour. Yeah. But... Um, they they have like a celebrity in every single um intro sequence. Right. But they get killed in the intro sequence and then they don't appear in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well that's it. Like very Mel Brooks, very Leslie Nielsen style sort of humor. That'd be that'd yep. be a real interesting challenge in a game. Very much so. Very much so. Mm. <laughs> cool. Well Okay. I think maybe Might we'll about it. call it a an ep. Sorry, we were a little bit lacklustre today. Like, I just wasn't feeling it because I'm feeling not. Don't apologise. Right it now. was fine. If we don't tell them that it was crap, 
They'll think it was good. That's how things work, right? Yes. So, <laughs> if you would like to find us on the Instagrams or Facebook or Twitter, we have BitStormcast on all of those. We have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash BitStorm. Also, we are on Podchaser, podchaser.com slash BitStorm. Leave us a rating and review. Not on this episode, because we know it was terrible. On the good ones. <laughs> also, check us out on iTunes, where you can rate, review, and, of course, subscribe there. We have our website, bitstormcast.com. We've got lots of awesome friends at the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Just search on Twitter for hashtag AGPN, and on Facebook, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. It's a public Facebook group, and we try to help each other out. It's really awesome. Finally, we'd like to thank Kuridas for the song Mad Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. And yeah, that'll do us tonight for Bitstorm. I'm Trevor Scott. I'm Ben Slinger. My Bologna. (laughs) 